Hello, it's great to be here with you today. We are continuing our sessions on Testimonies of Lament. What we're wanting to do with, with each one of these sessions is hear uh, a range of stories from different types of people, from different walks of life and different experiences, and hearing the honest, real experiences we go through, not kind of polished up, but the reality of it, and also to encounter in the midst of that reality, the reality of Christ and the hope that he brings um, to life, not only when it's good and it's full of sunshine, but when life is hard and difficult as well. So with us today, it, we're excited to have Jackie. So Jackie, tell us a little about who you are uh, and what you're up to. Hi, yes, yeah, so I'm Jackie. I'm originally from East London, um, but I got ordained six months ago and have moved to Bristol with my family. I'm married to Rob and I've got two daughters. Great. So go ahead, tell us a bit of your testimony then. I was training for ordained ministry and about a year ago I felt really unwell. I'd just come back from a, a trip overseas and so I'd been away from the family for over a week and, and then 10 days later I was starting to feel unwell, actually not related to the trip but um, it'd been a long time away from home. And then I wasn't feeling well. I went to the doctors and they said, I actually need to go and have some IV antibiotics because I had uh, inflammation in my gallbladder. And so I said to my, my kids, my husband, look, I'm just going to go into hospital. They've said it's only going to be 24 to 48 hours of IV antibiotics and you'll be fine. You'll come out and later on you'll just have to have a day operation. So that was all fine and we went in. But unfortunately, the antibiotics didn't bring the infection under control. And over the next two weeks, I ended up having three operations um, and then a procedure. Um, so I had my gallbladder removed, but then I had a procedure that meant I developed severe acute pancreatitis and actually became critical, uh, which was scary for all of us, really, in the that I was in hospital and we didn't know if I was going to make it out. And long story short, I'd gone in for 24 hours and it took two months before I was released again from hospital. And fortunately today I'm doing really well health-wise. It will take a long time to fully recover because my body had gone through a lot. It was a really testing time of going, Lord, you've called me towards all day ministry. And yet actually lots of things are going really wrong and really hard. And actually we're gonna be moving a long way away. Is this just too much that you're that we're going through do I need to just say no I, I, and lay this down but I didn't have peace that I needed to lay this down and actually I felt God saying yeah no keep on going but there was a few things that were really a challenge that I needed to work through one of them was the fact that I'd been away from my children for so long and although they visited me in hospital it's not the same as being at home with them I felt this guilt about it as a mother that I had let them down and it, it obviously it's a false guilt there was nothing that I had done wrong in myself uh, I felt guilty that I couldn't be with them and I was felt guilty that they had been subjected to nearly losing their mum even though it wasn't my fault and I'm sure over the years there will be things they need to process about that and that me not being around for those few months five months later my five-year-old was sat on my lap and she was rubbing one of the scars on my abdomen and I'd been praying to the Lord God what what do I do about this guilt that I've got and I just said to her does this remind you of when I was in hospital yeah and she said no and I was like oh, okay 
And then she crawled up um, without prompting and just whispered in my ear. She said, Mummy, it reminds me that Jesus heals. And it was just blew me away that all the things I was thinking about, about my children, what God was doing in their lives, actually God is weaving his own story into their life and actually I can just commit them to him even in the, in the rubbish circumstances of life. God is doing his own thing with them as well. So that was a real reinsurance. Mm. The second thing is after I came out of hospital and I appeared to be getting better, suddenly my hair all started falling out and over the next couple of months uh, I lost 70% of my hair density and I naturally have always had really thick curly long hair and that was really hard and thinking I've got this big event coming on I'm moving to a new city having to get to know people and I might have no hair um, and that was uh, that was making me question this move as well and I was sat with a friend talking about this, going, it's really hard, I don't know what to do. And saying, it's one of those things that people always notice about me when they first meet me, is how thick and everything my hair is. And this friend turned around to me and said, no, it's not. And I was like, oh, okay. Feeling a little bit taken aback. And he said, what everyone notices is that you giggle and your love for life and your laughter. And that was just one of those Holy Spirit moments of saying, yeah, I might lose all my hair and my body might be a little bit of a mess, but actually the most important thing is that I don't lose my joy. Actually, mm. the joy of the Lord is much deeper than all the things that have happened to my body and that the Holy Spirit can reach parts of my body that even the doctors and medicine can't mm. reach. Yeah, fantastic. So if I could just ask a couple of questions and thanks for sharing that. And It's not easy sometimes to share, sometimes it's just not that long away. So speaking of that, Joe, were there times when you're going through it where you felt felt not yourself, that almost the joy might be taken away, that you kind of wondered, where am I in the midst of all of this stuff that's happening with my body? Yeah, for sure. There are moments when like, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know how to... Uh, my brain was so confused. Um, you know, you're lying in hospital, you've been on lots of medication, and it can be really hard to just concentrate and going, gosh, I should be praying more, but I couldn't because I my brain couldn't concentrate and not this it's not necessarily part of my normal spirituality but uh someone came in and they gave me a holding cross and I remember going for another procedure and just thinking I'm gonna pray I'm gonna recite Psalm 23 I couldn't remember the words of it yeah. apart from you leave me beside uh, quiet waters you leave me behind quiet waters and that's the point where I stopped every time because I couldn't remember the lines that, that came next. But actually that was fine because that's what God said is, I'm going to lead you beside quiet waters. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I could remember is just saying the Lord's Prayer. And those spiritual things that we take for granted, those disciplines that we've said when we were at primary school or at different times, we think, oh, we, we can just say it off rote. But actually those repetitive things stick so that when we really need them, when we're stuck actually the Holy Spirit can just prompt you and just say, I'll hold you. Just with yeah. what little awareness you have at the moment, I can hold you and give you enough to sustain you. Yeah. So it sounds like one of what you're saying, though, is that even in the midst of it, it kind of moved beyond just emotion or some sort of experience to just these are these are the footholds mm -hmm. that exist. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can, you know, find 
uh, strength and, and something solid in this. Yeah. Um, even the, and it helps sustain you in a way that was different than maybe, you know, some high mountain type experience. Yeah. It was kind of something that could hold you in the valley. Yeah. And that those prayers I prayed a hundred times before, actually that was the same God at those high moments when I prayed it. He's no less God than when I, that moment when I was going for another procedure and I was scared you know was I going to come out the other side but God is no less faithful in that moment when I pray that prayer than when I've prayed it and I'm having the most ecstatic high moment at a festival or something and I'm meeting with God God is consistent and he's going to be no less faithful to me in those low points that's wonderful Jackie one of the things I wanted to also follow up with you on is really interesting how you talk about calling in the midst of all this and I think, just as a bit of a caveat, when I think about calling, even though we're talking about ministry, and that was your calling, just for our listeners, it, I don't. I think calling is much broader than just yeah. a calling into ministry. Mm-hmm. It's a calling into like just what God has called you to do, and that could be in any any sphere of life. Mm-hmm. But for you specifically, it was ministry, and so in a broader sense, you feel you have a call. You feel like you're being obedient to God, and then the sickness happens. And how did you kind of deal with holding a call while feeling that it might be taken away from you? It might not happen. It's all of a sudden, un- there's a bit of unsurety there in the midst of it, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and I think there's two things about that. First one is before I started my ordination training, I remember driving down the street one day and there was a car coming the other side and... The, the other cars were double parked and this car wouldn't go through the gap. It was really scared to go through this gap because they thought there wasn't enough space and I could see there was loads of space. And I was a bit like, oh, come on through. There's loads of space either side of you. And in that moment, I felt God say to me, you're going to go through a gap that's going to feel so tight. You feel like your wing mirror is going to fall off, but they're not. There will be grace either side for you. Yeah. At the time, I was like, it, we were going through a bit of a hard time anyway. Uh, things were going on for us um, to do with housing and things like that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a word. But actually, that word sustained through a number of the whole of my training. Actually, there was a number of things that we were coming up against. And actually, that word of there will be grace either side of you was a word that really sustained. So I think, you know, the louder God says something's probably because we need to hear it that loudly to sustain yeah. us. So take notice of God in and out of season because he will be giving you words of reassurance and comfort. Uh, even when you feel like you don't need them at that time, uh, store them up because they will sustain you through other times. But I think the second thing about the calling is not just whether it's a calling to ministry or a different type of job, but actually calling is much wider than that. It's not about just being called to what you do, but being called to who your God has called you to be as a person. Mm. My first calling is to be God's child. And in all of this, it might have been that I'd been so unwell that I couldn't have continued and got ordained. But actually, that wouldn't have undermined my primary calling to be God's child and the kind of person God has called me to be. And if that means taking stock of my heart and saying, even if all these things are taken away, even if I'm really so sick that I cannot get out of bed, 
even if it means, you know what, we're in a really different, difficult financial position because of that. My primary calling is to know what it is to still seek the joy of the Lord, to be his daughter, to live and pursue having the fruit of the spirit in my life. That's our primary calling and whatever it is we need to do to nurture those things. That's what it means to be called, yeah. to be God's child. So it's almost like what you it causes you to get to the root of that calling. Mm. And when all the actions are taken away, what you're left with is the work of Jesus in your life. And that is the bedrock of calling, really. That's where that's where everything else that, you know, will flow from is that that work of Jesus, you're called first and foremost. Who who am I before my heavenly father, before my saviour and by the Holy Spirit who works in my life. That's what calling is. That's great. Would you mind, um, just as we close, just to say a prayer for um, those who are struggling with uh, illness Mm -hmm. and in the midst of that maybe for grace and also um, for those who are kind of, you know, you talked about calling as well and just Mm -hmm. kind of people who are trying to discern that in maybe tricky situations but feeling called. Would you say a prayer for us? Lord, I thank you that you are a father who calls us primarily to yourself. That you bring us from darkness into light, from despair into hope, and from mourning into joy. And Lord, I pray for all those who, in whatever circumstances they find themselves in, are trying to reconcile their their current situation with their hearts and desire of you uh, to bring life and transformation. And so, Lord, I pray that they will know your nearness. I pray that they will, even in those moments of despair, will have glimpses of the Holy Spirit whispering to them, giving your words of reassurance. And as, Lord, we all work out what it means to follow you in fear and trembling, may we know that we are beloved of you. And we have a saviour who redeems us and we have a Holy Spirit that gives us life to live it to the fullness in Mm. whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a New Wine England podcast. For more information, visit new-wine.org.